Hi guys, this is Jake Parker. Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Fit podcast, where it's my job to help you apply knowledge that is both scientific and practical into your own life to maximize your physique development and your overall body, as well as your mind. The combination of these two things is what makes you Beyond Fit. Hello and welcome back to Beyond Fit. This is Jake Parker. Today's Mindset Monday episode of the podcast is called The Four Best Books on Success. And all four of these books changed my life in a certain way. And all four of these books uniquely stuck with me. And I still use things from all these books on a daily basis. And they enter my thinking on almost a daily basis, at least the ideas from the books do. So I was very careful and picking out these two books. And I think they all say and do something a little bit different for you. So if any of these books sticks out to you, I would highly recommend you pick it up and read it. And definitely let me know if you're doing so. But I'm going to do my best to give you a few of the key takeaways from these books. So you can start to pragmatically put some of their advice into your day to day life today, the day that you're listening to this podcast. Obviously, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that I'm very much into just overall success in terms of relationships, mental, emotional health, in addition to physical health and attaining a great looking body and great physical shape and knowledge around nutrition and fitness and all this stuff. I think it goes together with having a successful and full and well-rounded life. And so I know that you guys enjoy when I talk about these broad topics like success and even get a little bit more into the weeds on them. So I hope that this resonates with you. And I know that if you're someone like me who prides themselves on physical fitness and perfection of the body, you also are thinking about that and how to apply that in other ways in the broad context of just your life as a whole. And maybe you're really into your work or whatever that may be for you. So the first book I want to talk about here is a book you've heard me talk about a lot. And I actually had the author of the book on episode 97 of the podcast, and that is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. This book, the main takeaway, the main message in the book is that we're all feeling this force that Stephen calls the resistance. And he even spells resistance with a capital R because he wants to make such a point of it in the book. And resistance is basically that force that we all feel when we don't want to do something we know we should do. We feel resistance before we take on a creative endeavor, like an art or a business. We feel resistance before we go to the gym, before we try something new and put ourselves out there with a new group of people, we feel resistance to save money. We feel resistance to meditate or engage in personal development, things that we know are going to move us forward. And resistance has varying degrees of strength. And I think it's number one, based on the difficulty of the task, which is obvious, you know, the smaller barred entry a task has, the easier it'll be to overcome the resistance. And the Best way that I've found to overcome resistance in small tasks like going to the gym, doing your daily writing or meditating or journaling or whatever it is that you need to do daily for your business or for your relationships or whatever that may be, the thing you pointed out that you find some resistance to is to just do your best to build a habit out of it. Do it at the same time every day. Do it with another activity every day that that you know you're going to do. Do it with a friend or a partner uh, when it comes to working out or doing a writing group. Things are always easier when you make a 
habit out of them. And in addition to that, it's just really powerful to read this book and understand that we're all going through this power, this resistance, this fight that doesn't want us to improve and become a better version of ourselves because it's scary. It's it's really just fear. And I think fear in this sense is especially um, just false evidence appearing real is something I've heard before that I like a lot when it comes to fear. Uh, just thinking of it as as it's something that is there and you're definitely feeling it, but the consequences that we think are going to come from some of these things that seem so scary, like putting ourselves out there again in a creative endeavor, in a business venture or something like that. This is something that Stephen talks about a lot in the book because it is the war of art. So he talks a lot about it in the sense of pure art or writing. Um, this book is really made for, or I guess written to a person who is trying to overcome a creative endeavor. But I think that the thing about the book is really, that's really beautiful is that it definitely just applies to so many different areas in life. And I talk about it so much in the context of fitness, because we all can feel ourselves being dragged down by the resistance of not wanting to work out some days. And it's just nice to know that we're all going through this. It's not something that's unique to us, because that's really how it can feel. Sometimes it can feel like we're uniquely powerless, or we're uniquely lack willpower or discipline, or we have un these uniquely negative thoughts in our heads. He talks a lot about the, the negative thoughts in our heads and the voices in our heads and that we all have these things. They're not individual to us. They're just things that all humans have. And so it's, it's really empowering if you want to go after a goal that you're really feeling a high barrier of resistance to. I'm sure that we can all resonate with that. The second book here is The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. This book was written back in, I believe, the 1950s, so it's pretty old, but its messages definitely still resonate today. The Magic of Thinking Big is all about how to act and think bigger in your life, and basically one of the main points of the book is that most people are going to shoot for about the middle ground. They want to be average. They want to be mediocre, and that's why it's more worthwhile and almost easier to a certain extent to think big and aim very big and very high with your goals and your endeavors. And I think some of the main messages here, are you have to get focused, you have to know what you want, but it really is easier than you think to go and reach a goal. If you have a plan, if you are thinking big and broad and you make the right connections and you do just the things that you know you should do. It reminds me of this quote by Scott Adams, where he says, if you want success, figure out the price then pay it. Often we know what it's going to take, but again, we just feel that resistance alluding back to the war of art. We feel that fear that we're not going to make it, that it's going to be too hard. And I think what's really powerful is just realizing that our big ambitious goals are going to be hard and difficult, but putting in effort on them daily and grinding away at them, chipping away at them, realizing that it's more uh, small steps than giant leaps is really powerful and is the way that we attain and we reach big goals. There's a lot of actionable advice in here based on how to interact with other people. He talks about being, you know, just optimistic and cheerful and looking at things in a positive light, which is something that I talk about a lot and gets difficult for me sometimes, I'll have to admit, but I, I try to look at the glass always being half full in life. And I feel like if you look for positivity, you're going to find more positivity. And if you look for the brightness out of a situation, if you look for the positive side, if you look for good traits in people, and you don't just think everyone's an asshole, people are out to get me, the world's conspiring to, to, you know, bring me down, that sort of stuff, that sort of thinking compounds, whether it's negative or positive. And so those are some of the main things I took away from the magic of thinking big. And I try to every day in my life, 
think about how I can think bigger and think beyond myself and really reach high with my goals. The third book here is Atomic Habits by James Clear. You've definitely heard me talk about this book as well on the podcast. This book taught me so much about the science of habit building. And honestly, I refused or maybe not refused, but just put off reading this book for a long time because I thought that I knew about habits. You know, I, I think that most people have a good idea on what it takes to develop habits, but because James goes so deeply into the science and as well as using science as actionable advice, it's really helpful. I use multiple things from this book on a daily basis. His never miss twice rule for habits, which is all about trying to keep momentum going. Um, his make it make your negative habits hard to see or get to and make your positive habits easy, easily accessible. Uh, for this, a good example in my life is keeping fruits and vegetables to the extent I can out and on my counter so they're visible. So I'm remembering to eat those to get my fiber and micronutrients. And I'll keep my TV away when I'm not watching it because that's a way for me to limit my bad habit of just mindly watching TV, watching Netflix. Um, another key takeaway from the book that I'll use is the two minute rule for setting up new habits. He says that when you set up a new habit, it should take no longer than two minutes to complete. And a lot of times we want to, our knee jerk reactions to say, oh, that's not long enough. You know, I, I want to go bigger. I want to go more. But his point is just, you make a consistent habit out of it. And once you're able to do that, then you can iterate, then you can improve from there. Then you can grow your habit, but you want to make it a small enough barrier to entry at first that you know you're going to do it, that it's hard not to do it. And he talks about pairing your habits with other positive habits. So if you want to meditate, think about meditating for two minutes every day while your coffee is brewing is a good example. And this book is just all about how incremental changes can really add up in your life. So the best example is if you improve 1% per day for one entire year, you're going to be 37 times better at the end of that year. That's the, that's the power of compounding of your skills and compounding of your hard work. And we often don't think like that. It's hard for us to think like that. But the benefit of this book is just really showing that, yes, the small, small, almost ignorable changes are the things that are really going to move us ahead over time. The last book here that I wanted to mention as far as the best books I know on success is the book Getting Things Done. And the author of Getting Things Done has also been on the Beyond Fit podcast on episode 105. David Allen wrote Getting Things Done. And what this is, it's, is it's the most instructional and truly action-based, suggestion-based book of all four of these. And I've really tried to put in the getting things done methodology into my life on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Basically, the biggest thing that I took away from getting things done is just making lots of lists by making sure that you make it a point to go back over these lists. So he talks about putting things in your inbox and emptying your inbox from now and then. And that doesn't always, that doesn't always mean necessarily with your email or anything like that that has a technical inbox. But thinking about things like, what I want to research, what I want to look up on Google, what I want to go and search on YouTube, um, someone I need to call, a gift I need to get, something I need to get from the store. He famously says, and he might not use the word shitty, but your, your mind is a shitty place to store information. You want to store information on lists and find out systems that you know that your lists aren't going to get lost because he talks about having a mind like water and a mind like water that reacts proportionately to anything you throw at it. So the example being, if you throw a pebble at water, it's going to ripple 
and react in an exact proportionate amount to how much force is applied to it. So that's the way we should try to be in our lives, reacting in perfect proportion to the things that come into our lives, not overreacting, not underreacting. We can get emotional, but we don't want to be overly emotional based on what we are being faced with. So the getting things done methodology talks a lot about the esoteric, but also ties it into how to really just act in your day-to-day life. And so if you have these proper inboxes and you know when you're going to empty them, basically David's suggestion is to have one day in the week where you go and comb through all the things that you have put in your inbox. So the way I do this in my life is on Sundays, I will always go through and empty all my notes, my pictures, which contain a lot of screenshots and stuff like that, and my tabs on my phone, because then I can go and comb through all the things I wanted to do, look up, um, think about people I want to contact, things I want to put on my calendar for the next week. And I can do all that stuff in one day and empty all my inboxes. So I know that all the things I want to think about, get to, talk about, you know, anything like that, I'm going to get to. And then David is also very, very strict on you have to put things in your calendar and you have to honor your calendar. You have to honor your calendar as sacred ground. So for example, with the weekly review, that would be something I put in my calendar. And during that time of the weekly review, I would be adding things to my calendar for the next week. And during my review, at some point, I would fill out my calendar in total, knowing what I'm going to do for the next week. So I'm more prepared. So I'm more uh, planning my week as opposed to being reactionary. I'm being proactive. And for me, I even like to plan fun activities, activities with my friends, social activities, just relaxing and laying around. I like to plan everything on my calendar because that gives me a sense of freedom in the discipline that that makes me instill in my life. If I know exactly what I'm going to be doing at one specific time, I am more likely to push myself to get the tough things done. Uh, if I'm going to have this reward that I know is on my calendar, something that I know I'm going to enjoy and like doing. And it gives me the permission to fully be present in the activities that I enjoy doing and not feel like I am feeling guilty because I'm doing something fun and enjoyable. No, it's, it's on my calendar. It's planned and I earned it because I went through these other things and did the things that I needed to get done first. So that's how getting things done works in my life. I hope that this podcast was useful. I hope it encouraged you to go and read one or more of these books. If you have any more questions, as always, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, If not, we'll see you back here for Wednesday's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you would, please take a minute out of your day to review and rate the podcast as well as subscribe. It would really help me out a lot. And if you're on Instagram, go ahead and follow me on there at jakeparker.fit and screenshot and tag me when you're listening to the show. I'll be sure to share it. And thank you personally on there. Thank you.